Alright there ladies and gents, welcome to episode 27. This podcast is nearly as old as me uh, of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I'm a bit sad that I've just gave away my almost age, but I'm not that old so it don't really matter. Joining me in this virtual parlour of pop culture geekdom this month is my absolutely splendid friend, Paul Richardson. Hello Paul. Hello there, Mrs. How are you doing? You all right? I'm doing a wave at you, you can't tell. Uh, no, I can't. I'll, I'll just do a virtual wave back. Can you hear it? No. Oh. Eerily, actually, I could. <laughs> this is a really good microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite that, impressive, it has to be said. Now that I know how to fucking use the thing, <laughs> it's really good. It works really well. <sighs> when you're not tech for you is just wonderful, isn't it? I tell you, and I've got a bit of an announcement to make as well, that all of you who know how terrible I am at technology are probably going to laugh in my face for me even trying to attempt. But here we go. I haven't got much in the way of details at the moment because it's all very much in the planning stages, but on from 9 o'clock on Saturday the, I want to say, 13th of July. Fuck, I should know this. Either the 12th or the 13th, whatever the Saturday is, uh, I'm going to be doing a 24-hour live podcast for charity. Oh, my word. Insane. <laughs> Um, I am going to be employing the use of my good friends, Dr. Pepper and Skittles, to, <laughs> to get me through. Fantastic <laughs> um, fuel. Yes, and I will also be joined by my lovely friend, Jenny Newman, live in the flesh in my kitchen. Oh. Um, to She's going to cover for me when I need to, like, you know, wee and stuff, because nobody needs me to take the mic to the bathroom with me or anything of that nature. No, I think that should be a sec- section. If you're doing, you know, 24 hours, then... Uh... But what if it's a number two? I suppose your mic is probably that good now. I was going to say, it's a pretty good mic. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, and I might be a bit extreme, really. Yeah, just a tad, just a tad. Letting people a bit too close. But, um, yes, yeah, so I'm excited about that. I thought I'd mention it simply because I realised the other day that because this is only a monthly podcast, I've actually only got three before it happens. <laughs> ah, So I should promote it somewhat, given that it's for charity. Uh, How is the charity thing working? Is it... um, I'm going to be setting up a Just Giving page. Um, I'll probably set it up about a month or so in advance, and I can pimp that prior to the actual broadcast. But basically, it's just going to be a case of I'm going to talk into the microphone with Jenny. We're hoping to get guests on. I've sent out a about 50 emails this week and I'm now in that panicky staring at my inbox every 10 seconds why won't anybody respond to my email phase and I've had a couple of polite no's one very impolite no (laughs) Um, you're gonna name names no I'm not because it was somebody's agent so uh, I don't want to pick on him because I don't think it was his fault. I don't think he was even made aware of this request. But um, basically, I got an email back saying he has no time for this. And it didn't even say, hi, Stace, or from such and such. It just said, he has no time for this. End of email. Which I thought was pretty rude. But anyway. Uh, you know, do you know who I am? <laughs> do you know? Uh, no, I didn't do that because... I'm not anybody. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so that's that's a thing. Uh, look out for me tweeting and Facebooking and all sorts about that in the coming stages. Hopefully by the next episode I'll have a few guests locked down so I can actually like be like, hey, guys, this person's going to be on. Woo-hoo! And it's all going to be very exciting. But, yeah, so that's a thing, what I'm doing that's terrifying. <laughs> sure, that will be absolutely awesome, though. I hope so. Like my biggest concern at the moment is getting enough people on it so that it's not just me and Jenny talking for twenty four hours and getting really sick of each other. Well, at least Jenny can sing, though. That's true. I have actually written on my little schedule that I'm making uh, at about five in the morning on the Sunday musical interlude because I just want to see at five in the morning what we'll end up doing with that instruction. Will we put a song on? Will we sing a song? Will we do a whole musical bit dancing around my kitchen? Who knows? 
who knows? If and... it involves dancing, it's going to have to be like a, a video section, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, so hopefully what I'm hoping to do as well is if I do get any like really awesome guests on who aren't just me, <laughs> then I will be releasing those episodes afterwards as well. And the, the Just Giving page stays up for about three months, I think. So if you want to listen to the podcast after the fact and then then donate. But it's all going to be for um, Operation Smile, which is a, a charity that does uh, reconstructive surgeries for kids with cleft palates and things in sort of the less fortunate countries and things. So it's, it's it, yeah, it's an undertaking and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed we raise a bit of money for charity. If it all goes tits up, at least, you know, we might have made some dosh. So... <laughs> No, but we're good on you for doing it. I think it's a really brave thing to do, and I think fantastic, worthwhile. Oh, yeah, yeah, I hope it turns out all right. Oh, my husband's just walked in. Hello. You're right there, dear. <laughs> anyway, that's enough talking about me. Let's do some reviews. Woohoo! Okay. I haven't done reviews in ages because I've been, like, sticking my nose at the bums of famous people, and... One is a hobby, I suppose. <laughs> I get a little bit overexcited. I not kind of parlour. Good grief. No. Um, well, this is why I don't record in person, you see. It gets very... No, anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, because I'm so kind and gracious and lovely, I'm going to let you go first. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Well, seeing as um, we're going to be talking about uh, sort of Captain America and things later, I'm going to leave Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. Which uh, I would probably end up spoiling the ever-loving shit out of quite frankly because it was quite a, a twisty turny episode the last one but the main thing that i've been catching up with recently because i've been absolutely dreadful uh with the uh, reading comic books is uh it's indestructible hulk mm. which um yeah from marvel has been I, i've been really really enjoying it i have to admit it's a, a very different take on on the Hulk and Bruce Banner. So I don't know if it's one you've been following at all. No, you're going to have to sell me on this because I don't read any Hulk comics at all because I think they tend to be generally pants. Okay, no. <laughs> well, to give you that, I mean, as I say, this is a bit of a change from the the old Incredible Hulk, you know, the, the basic riff for anyone out there who's been living in a cave and doesn't know about the Hulk. Obviously, Bruce Banner gets caught in a gamma bomb turns into the Hulk whenever he gets angry. So the basic premise of pretty much every Hulk comic that's out there is Bruce Banner gets into a really shit situation, <laughs> gets angry about it, Hulk comes out, smashes the problem to bits, job done. Yep. It's pretty much everything that's involved. Yep. The start of Indestructible Hulk takes things a little bit different, and it's Bruce Banner walking up to S.H.I.E.L.D. and saying, I'm supposed to be one of the most intelligent guys on this planet. He says, you know, it's, I'm up there with Reed Richards, Tony Stark, Hank Pym, he says, I have the opportunity to be one of the top brains of the Marvel Universe and the Hulk is stopping me. So he's decided to view the Hulk as an incurable disease and to stop using his intellect curing the Hulk and basically put his intellect to work trying to create new inventions that will make the world a better place but having S.H.I.E.L.D. on hand so when he does Hulk the Hulk out, they basically pick him up and drop him as a uh, hero of mass destruction into a trouble spot and then pick him up again when he's all done, drop him back to his lab so he can continue working. Oh. So Indestructible Hulk is basically Bruce Banner trying to outdo and prove his worth in the world if the Hulk wasn't um, this big millstone around his neck. Ah. That sounds quite interesting, actually, because one of the, the biggest issues I've, I've had with Hulk comics is that, as you say, they are very cookie-cutter. You know, Banner's a bit sad. Oh, Hulk smash. Oh, at the end. 
It's That's it. And, and, you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's ever really gotten out of the groove of the 70s TV show to a lot of extent. Mm. So individual writers have done interesting things with it, but it's always been really about the Hulk character. It's been about these various uh, personalities coming out and different types of Hulk and how tortured Banner is, but it's expressed through the latest Hulk, Hulk personality that comes out. Mm. Whereas this time, it's, it's, a lot of it is actually playing on the insecurities Banner's got because of how belittled he's been by all the other heroes. I mean, all the brainy superheroes got together and shot him off in, into space onto an alien planet, for fuck's sake, you know. They, they really have got an issue with him. Um, at, at one point in the comic, it's uh, superb, in the last issue that I just read, it's revealed that his, um, his password for his private shield journal is uh, Smash Tony. <laughs> nice. Because he's just got this massive issue about Tony Stark and that, you know, Tony Stark's out there, he's seen as the big brain, he's seen as the big hero, whereas Bruce Banner's just uh, been sidelined completely. But, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's completely nuts as a comic, quite frankly. It is S.H.I.E.L.D. taking the Hulk and saying, right, well, you're indestructible, uh, so therefore we can just drop you into all the completely batshit crazy situations. Um, I mean, once you've read an, an issue where the Hulk is fighting dinosaurs in the Old West... What? Uh, yeah, exactly. You get an idea that it's, you know, this, this comic goes to some really quite crazy places, which I'm really enjoying. It makes no apologies for how crazy it really is. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I'm liking about Marvel at the moment, because like I've always considered myself to be more of a DC girl. Like, I do love my... I mean, everybody knows my massive love for Deadpool. But, like, lately I've just found it really difficult to read more than one or two DC comics in a row because they're so fucking heavy going. Yeah. Like everything's just like dark and grim and blue. Whereas Marvel has a lot of comics going on at the moment that that have like darker and you know grim bits and stuff, but they're tempered with like humour and just really interesting stories. And I just oh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like DC are dropping the ball a bit. I do completely. To be honest, I mean I used to be an absolutely massive Green Arrow fan. Yeah. And what they did to. Green Arrow, but also the whole of the DC universe with the New 52 mm. just completely turned me off of everything they're doing at the moment. I cannot accept Oliver Queen son's beard. I'm sorry. <laughs> I cannot accept it. No, that absolutely. I mean, little I, I, blonde beard is just the sexiest thing, and I'm not even that much of a blonde kind of gal. I, I mean, you know, if, if I know he used to wear a mask, but let's be honest, if Oliver Queen rocked up with that stupid, you know, playing card-esque beard that he used to have... With or without a mask, you're going to know who he is. <laughs> yeah. It was the worst, you know, disguise in the world. But somehow, somehow he carried it off. But turning him into, you know, Steve Jobs with, uh, with arrows in the news thing, I know it's been getting good reviews with the latest issues, but I, I just can't get back into it no. with everything that's gone on. I find the New 52 like a whole weird situation because I feel like it seemed like a good idea at the time in terms of enticing new readers and all that sort of stuff, but it hasn't really done anything but turn off old readers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just kind of get the impression with DCs that they don't know how to start over or create a fresh start without pressing the reset button. Yeah. Because if you go through all of their, their various crises, you know, everything just seems to reset the whole universe every time. Um, and it just, you know, whereas Marvel, they just, you know, they create a cataclysm, they create an event, but it's still part of the continuity. Everything still rumbles on. Yeah. I think that was one of the reasons why I wasn't so behind the um, brand new day storyline with Spider-Man, because it seemed very game changing and not in a good way. <laughs> well, like... it, yeah, it was all magic. You know, it's just all shit. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Getting off track here, Hulk. Aye. Yes, this is true. But anyway, yeah, um, I would, you know, hardly recommend people get on there. I had a few dodgy issues, um, but it's up to, oh, what's it up to now? Issue 23 or something, issue 17, I can't remember exactly. But no, it's worth getting on to. I think it's a good, fun comic. And even though they've had a few events running through the Marvel Universe, they've only touched on the indestructible Hulk sort of on the peripheries to a lot of the degree. So, I mean, I haven't been following any of the events, as I say, I'm a pretty poor comic book fan at the moment, quite frankly. But uh, but no, it's it's a good, fun read. um, And it does the kind of big, epic kind of smash them up stuff that you want from a Hulk comic but has has the uh, well it manages to give Bruce Banner a personality quite frankly which is quite nice for a change I might have to check this out because I have always thought that that Dr. Banner seems like a much more interesting person than the Hulk. And it always annoys me that the Hulk is the the focus. Like, cause I think in the Avengers film, the, the bits of Banner were brilliant. Yeah. And it's like, why can't we get that all the time? Or most of the time, you know, a majority of the time. That'd be well, nice. I'd, I'd recommend picking up the second issue, to be honest. Mm. Because there's just... The whole premise of it is... It's Bruce Banner luring Tony Stark in on the premise that he's going to test one of his new inventions. And really, he's just there to work out his issues with Tony by beating the snot out of him. <laughs> I like um, it. And there's a great moment at the end where Tony Stark, in this broken Iron Man armour, is stood in front of the, the mirror in a, uh, a divey bar toilet, just looking at himself saying, you're still rich. It's fine. You're still rich. You've still got more money than he has. And just trying to big himself back up again. And it's just, it's superb. It's really, really well written. Oh, brilliant. I might have to check that out. Awesome. Cool. Um, keeping it fairly Marvel then, I'm just going to dive into the whole Captain America. Oh, fair enough then. Winter Soldier love. Because, <laughs> because if you didn't love it, I'm going to have to cyber slap you. Well, you know, no, I have to. I, I have to confess, I've seen it twice at the cinema already. Which I am uh, jealous I of you having seen it a second time. I want uh, I mean, to I've, see I've, it again. You know, I've got a daughter at home, um, so I don't get to go to the pictures uh, very often. And uh, yeah, this was worth it, quite frankly. <laughs> oh God, I was so like, I went into this. I was excited because I'd seen the trailers and I thought they looked really good. But I was a bit trepidatious because, as I have said many times on the show before, I didn't particularly like. <laughs> the first avenger see i love it i I thought it was a bit cheesy and a bit the red school was a bit too pantomime villain for me and the cgi was absolutely straight up awful like bad but i think that was the thing because the first one i think really played to its pulp roots yeah which you know and it followed on from stuff like the rocketeer and uh, Shadow and Sky Captain and all all these kind of pulp set you know just two-fisted adventure stuff which i love anyway Mm mm-hmm and I think that was what that fed into. But this Winter Soldier just had a completely different feel. I thought it had a completely better feel. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will say I had two problems with it. Both of them were essentially the same thing, or, well, the same part of the film anyway. Um, so I'll get that out of the way first, is um, Arnim Zola. First of all, Toby Jones, get that fucking accent out of my ears. What the shit is that supposed to be? Like, I'm not actually joking. What is it supposed to be? He's Swiss. He said so. Well, he does sound Swiss. Oh, my God, he's awful. Like, straight, like every time I hear him, I'm like, oh, my God, you sound like the Wicked Witch of the West. Like, <laughs> it's, just, it's just 
bad and it, it like it really took me out of the story because everything else was so like normal <laughs> that that just seemed really like blah and the other problem that I had with him was that scene oh spoilers guys <laughs> I was going to say yeah we're probably going to saying that we are going to spoil the shit out of this yeah that scene where Cap and Black Widow go to that like underground bunker thing where they meet the computerised version of Arnim Zola he tells them their plan because he knows that they're about to get bombed in the face which is all well and good except this is Captain America so using your maniacal genius noggin wouldn't you think I will give him a shit ton of false information and lead him totally down the garden path because he may there is a slight chance he may survive this because he's Captain America well maybe but I think it's it was more plain to the fact that you know Armin Zola is supposed to be this big massive brain, and so he, he wants them to appreciate, he wants somebody to appreciate what he's done. Mm. But in, and he's, in, he, he says in there, you know, I'm, I'm only all I'm doing is distracting you, you know, waiting for the uh, the missiles to turn up. But um, no, I, I get what you what you what you mean. But I have to admit, it didn't take me out of it at all. I enjoyed the the whole Max Hedron moment mm. with him on the screens. I thought that was quite good fun, and the reveal of uh, of Hydra, yeah, of everything. But uh... oh, I liked the whole idea of it. I just, I just hated that accent and that story. I was like, why couldn't you have just give him a load of shit, and then he would have been following up so many loose, like ridiculous ends, like just on this wild goose chase. You could just be like, let's take over Shield, boom, job done. Like you're supposed to be a genius, man. Use your head. <laughs> 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 Am I being too sensible? See, I think if you'd if you'd uh, maybe written this movie, it'd have been a lot shorter. Yeah, I think it probably would have. <laughs> probably would have done. But hey, can we talk about Falcon, please? Like that guy. God, yeah. That fucking guy. He stole the fucking show, didn't he? Well, I mean, what did, um, Anthony Mackie? Yeah, he was absolutely wicked. Blew me away. Amazing. Um, and and the the chemistry between him and Chris Evans as Steve Rogers just. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, it just yeah. worked. The way it's supposed to work in the comics, it was up there up on the screen. That was just awesome. Loved it. Loved it. I honestly like I came out of that film and I was like jiggling around and doing a little dance and Rich was like, it's alright, I suppose. It's like, no, it wasn't alright, you suppose. It was fucking amazing. And here's why, and I basically just told him why he was being stupid. <laughs> but Rich I don't know why Rich even bothered because he doesn't really like Captain America anyway. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, he did agree with me that the um, Anthony Mackie was amazing, though. I mean, I don't, we haven't actually said anything about what the movie's about. Do we want even want to bother? Do we going to assume that people already know? Well, essentially, it's about Captain America being a badass. Oh, yes. yeah. actually, I'm going to talk about the last sort of few scenes of the film, though, which... <laughs> Sorry, guys, again, spoilers. As I was saying earlier about, like, DC being all dark and, and grim and mysterious, I couldn't help but come out of Captain America and think, like, I was sort of comparing the end of Captain America to the end of Man of Steel, in that Man of Steel took, like, a complete twist that, although I really enjoyed the film, like, I couldn't get behind his decision to snap Zod's neck because, partly because they'd literally just levelled most of Metropolis. So that one family... No offence, not really that big of a deal. But even if this family were like his family and he was like, no, he's going to zap him in the other... There's like a million and one ways he could have got Zod away from that situation without just snapping his neck. But anyway, like to me, that was a, a decision that took me away from... The, it took away from the character because that's not what Superman is and that's not what he's like and that's not the kind of thing that he does. And it's very dark and it's very, like, just gritty and whatever. Whereas Captain America, 
he's met with a similar sort of situation at the end of this film whereby he is being attacked by somebody who was a childhood friend as like or like you know a piece of his past like Zod was a part of Superman's past but instead of just giving in and kicking the ever-loving shit out of Bucky he says to him I'm not gonna fight you you're a friend of mine and I'm not going to fight you because that's what Cap does. Like, he stands for, you know, being true to yourself and, you know, he's he's not <clears throat> he's not somebody who's going to just go back on his principles and things. And that's why, like, I just felt that was executed so much better. And it made me really sad to watch him take punches from Bucky. I was like, oh, stop yeah. punching him. Oh, my God. See, I think that's one of the things that, that came across in this is that it was very much the kind of the tagline that went into the first Avenger that carried through into this was that, you know, what they've done in making him Captain America is to make him a good man. That mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily make him a good soldier because he's he's not just following orders, even though the situation he's in has changed, the people that were giving the orders have changed and the reason they're giving those orders have changed. He's still a good man. He's trying to do the right thing for for America and for the world, but not necessarily for like the government or yeah. for you know what's going on in the background. I think that's kind of highlighted that and that's what really sort of brought you to the... Now, what the character's about. Yeah, I thought I thought it was ever so well written, and I thought this is to me this is what the, the first film should have been like. <laughs> <laughs> but I will I will put my hands up and say that I don't have much of an attachment to like the pulp stuff, yeah. so that sailed by me a bit on from the first oh, one. It's not yeah. um, it's not something that I'm particular. I don't think I've even ever really paid any attention to. Oh, I'm sorry. You need education in the pulps. I do. I really do. Barry will just be <laughs> weeping into his hands. He's for, for, so he, he's just had a shiver down his spine, and he doesn't quite yes, know he's, why. You know, his, his Barry sense is tingling. Nuge sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, but I thought the the film like the the CGI was like a million miles better straight away. The plot was better, and I love the fact that he's using the shield like so much more naturally oh, that now. Was so nice to see. Oh it's my god. Proper, you know, having it reflect off stuff and yeah, and like sticking in walls and like whipping around the place. I was just mesmerised by this film. I uh, I came out of it and I was like, I want to go again. And Rich was like, Yeah, Stace, calm down. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. I mean, I would quite happily sit through it again. It was just amazing. Everything from you know the the, the attack on Nick Fury. Oh uh, man. And the shield vehicle that he was driving around in was just amazing. That was brilliant. Uh, the the escape, the double bluffs. Uh, getting Cap back into his old uniform, uh, the, just ev- everything in this movie would just hit the notes for me. Yeah, and was just spot on. The only thing I will say about this is where the first one was very comic booky, very pulpy. This one felt a lot more grounded and a lot more real. Mm. The violence in it, similarly, was a lot more kind of visceral. Yeah, and have, I felt it had a much harder impact than any of the other movies. Mm any of the Marvel movies, I think this this one felt, you know, you felt like the punches hurt, you know, the people were getting shot and cut down with machine gun fire left, right and centre. Um, and it felt, I think, the least comic book of all of them. Hmm. I, can, I can agree with that. I think I hadn't really thought about it, but now that you mentioned it, yeah, that does... It did, it did seem... There is this sort of, like, um, trope of films at the moment of just being overly you know body county <laughs> like i was saying with superman just literally leveling places i mean there's the the helicarrier crash in cap is pretty much i mean they're lucky that most of that happened over a lake <laughs> well, this is it. i mean you know the, the, the fact that they only went straight up and came straight back down again you know that that was fortunate that it, it would have kept uh 
you know, casualties to a minimum. But it's a bit like the second Death Star in this. You know, these things took off before they were supposed to because mm. they shortened the countdown. So there was always support crews who would have still been on there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, the, the, the second Death Star was still being built, so it's had all the plumbers and everything in there and the wiring guys, and then they then the, you know, it gets blown up. It's the same, the same thing with these ones, I think. We don't like to think about that, though. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. No, no, we, we just don't. gloss over that. <laughs> we just gloss over that. I um, I tell you one thing that did really overexcite me was the mention of Stephen Strange. I was oh, like, God, yes. Doctor Strange film, please, Doctor Strange film. Oh. Please. How do you think they would do it, though? I don't even care. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> I want it. I can't remember who Rich suggested would be a really good... Oh, damn it, I'm going to have to ask him later. He suggested somebody would be a really good Doctor Strange, and I was like, holy shit, yes. Now I can't remember who it was. I read recently uh, someone suggested Timothy Oliphant. Hmm, I can see that. There was talk bandied around of Johnny Depp, but I won't have that. I won't have that, because Johnny Depp is now just Johnny Depp in films, and I can't... D- no... Do some acting. Jeez. Step in, a, in a movie like that, it's going to end up being, you know, directed by Tim Burton. Yeah, I can't deal with that either, to be honest. Uh, you know, Doctor Strange, no. Big no. Uh, no. Sorry, walk away from that. Yeah, I don't think I'd be behind that either. I can't... It, no. It's like him and Helena Bonham Carter. I just stop being shit, right, and stop being yourselves and do some proper acting. Fucking hell. Just my head in. Apparently there was... Uh... I'm sure when it comes to the to the DVD or the Blu-ray, that targeting scene where the three helicarriers are targeting all the different uh, you know uh, things they're going to take out. Yeah. There's going to be so many Easter eggs in those lists of names and targets. Oh yeah, I think somebody mentioned that they'd spotted some other character in there, and I was like, I'm blatantly going to have to look these up online because there's got there's got to be screenshots somewhere in there. Did you know that the you know um, near the beginning where Cap pulls out his notebook? Yeah. And he's uh, you know he's going down the list of things that people have recommended to him. Yeah. Did you know that that was that was changed between uh, region to region? Oh really? Yeah. I, I didn't oh. know this until a couple of days ago. Apparently they ran a competition or something where people suggested things that should be on Cap's list. Oh. And that's why on the in the in the British version in the UK version of uh, of the movie it's got the World Cup 1966 on it. Oh. It's like, why the fuck would Captain America care? Why would he give a shit? <laughs> England v Germany. <laughs> Unless he was, like, really anti-Germany. He just well, wanted to see it, it get walked know. all over. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, apparently all the different regions that it's, it's being shown in, they're changing that one scene oh. to have a different page. Oh, that's intriguing. Ooh, I wonder what other countries say then. <gasps> Interesting. So, yeah, that's, that's one to go and uh, go and look up for anybody out there who's uh, <laughs> vaguely interested. Yeah, that's quite... Ooh. I didn't like. Oh, they put like these little Easter eggs and things in films, and I never fucking notice anything. Like, <laughs> no, this is it. I mean, like I said, I didn't know until I stumbled across somebody's blog the other day, and they had the American and the English version side by side, and I was like, "Well, fuck." What did the American one say then? Well, it had Star Wars crossed out as if he'd actually watched it. I think. <laughs> what else did it have on there? I Love Lucy was on the American one, which wasn't on the UK one. Oh. A few other things that I can't remember, but yeah, it's worth just uh, just pulling that up and having a quick look. Oh, I'm going to have a squeeze at that later. Well, I'll tell you how I'm going to round out this review of Captain America. So I'm going to say something quite controversial that I don't think anybody I know will agree with me on. But I think that was on a par with Avengers. I would probably agree, actually. Yeah! Um, Avengers still slightly pips it for me. Because I, I just think it, you know, it, the rewatch value in Avengers, I think, is just, just think it's slightly higher mm. once the twists and everything of uh, of Cap Two are out of the way. But uh, the fact I've been to see it twice at the cinema already, 
potentially <laughs> shoots me actually down in flames. But never yeah. mind. Potentially, you're talking nonsense. Yes, yeah, that's what we did first time. <laughs> now, I am, um, I like Avengers is probably my favourite Marvel movie as it stands, and I genuinely came out of Cap like so excited for more Marvel films and um, and ever more nervous about Amazing Spider Man 2. <laughs> I know. I'm scared of that film. I mean, I really want to like it, and I did really enjoy the first one, but I tell you what's putting me off this one, and this is ridiculous, and it shouldn't matter to me at all, but it does. In nearly every trailer that they've released so far, they've it, they've had this joke about him having, like, a dirty face, and Aunt May says to him, what we, what have you been doing? And he says, oh, I've just been cleaning the chimney, and she says, we haven't got a chimney, and he goes, what? That is not funny, and if that is what you are hinging your trailers on, holy fuck, not Sony. What? Like, no, I can't even. That's not even slightly. Fun. And how how would the rest of that conversation go? What? Yeah, where do you go from there? Um, don't we? Like, it's just that that distresses me, and the CGI in the trailers distresses me as well because Electro looks like nonsense. I'm sorry that they've gone for that version of Electro. I have to admit. Yeah. I've got no problem with it being, you know, cast as Jamie Foxx or anything else. No. I was kind of hoping that he would actually be in a costume rather than just a light bulb in a a hoodie. I don't think I'd mind if they'd pulled that off properly, but I think one of the most distressing things is that they've tried to keep Jamie Foxx's features, and unfortunately the way they've done it is to make it just look like he has nothing but lips on his face. Like he's just just lips with legs, and it's very weird. I mean, again, though, I'm really hoping they're going to pull this off. I really am, because I didn't watch the first one for ages because I was worried it was going to be shit. And I only watched it a few months back and I really, really enjoyed it. But now, three villains again and we're falling into the three villain trap. But I've heard that the rhino is literally in it for like four minutes. Which is why. Yeah, exactly. Why bother? I just save him for later. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and, and the Green Goblin, from what I've seen, doesn't, again, doesn't look like the Green Goblin. I don't, I'm not too fussy about looks. Like, I'm... <sighs> People are probably going to yell at me about this, but in terms of the comics, I'm not that much of a purist in the sense that, for me, as long as you get the characters right, yeah. I don't, I don't really mind about much else. Like even if the story's a bit ridiculous, like I really don't mind as long as you know Peter Parker is Peter Parker, and you know like everybody fits. It's like the same with the Turtles trailer, which I'm definitely going to talk to you about. In a bit. But one of one of my biggest fears with it was that they weren't going to get the characters right, and then Mikey does something so Mikey in the trailer yeah. uh, that. Honestly, I will have to go in depth about this later. But um, that I was just like, oh, no, I'm sold now. I'm sold. All my worries have gone. I am in. Straight up in. Megan Fox and all. Don't care. In. See, I thought it was going to be a uh, contentious issue. I, uh, I, I still don't like Megan Fox. And I'm not happy she's, <laughs> she's <laughs> in. But, okay, let's talk about TMNT. Go on, um, now. We'll just roll into it, shall we? Let's just just do a gamble right into it. Um, it's did She... Uh, the problem is the trailer doesn't show her actually doing anything, so I can't quite decide whether or not she's going to be shitting this at all because she literally just stands there and then faints. Yeah. Like she she gets talked at by the shredder and then she sees a turtle and then she passes out and it's like that's the end of that then in the trailer. So I can't decide whether she's going to be bad or not because she literally does nothing. Do we know which version of April O'Neil she's playing? I'm assuming she's a reporter because... Somebody famous whose name I forget right now is playing her cameraman. Right, okay. And she is in a yellow jacket at one stage, so I'm guessing that's some sort of homage. But she also sees... Like, oh, there's a, her dad must work at T 
TCRI or whatever this, but if it's going to be TCRI, I don't know, in the new film because the Shredder in the trailer mentions that him and her dad sort of created the turtles. With I'm the pretty mutants. sure, yeah, that there was the the work that the name of the company was on the uh, one of the mutagen containers or something as well in the trailer. Yeah, I think it was. I think it is still TCRI, but I could be talking absolute nonsense. But um, yeah. Uh, this trailer totally sold me. I was genuinely nervous about this. But I've heard some distressing news since the trailer came out that I'm not sure of, which is that they've swapped the voice for Leonardo and it's now going to be Johnny Knoxville. Yes, I ha- I'd heard Johnny Knoxville was doing the voice, but I didn't know who he was doing it for. Do you know, I could maybe get behind Mikey. Yeah. Maybe. But I don't see him as a Leo. But then again, what do I know? I thought Heath Ledger was going to be a shit joker, so... <laughs> <laughs> You keep coming back to that, don't you? Just... I know, because I can't believe how fucking wrong I was. Yeah. I watched The Dark Knight again the other day. That film is so fucking good. As long as I ignore that The Dark Knight Rises exists, oh, I'm happy. I haven't watched that since the cinema because I was I really wanted to love it. So I watched it and I got overexcited and now I don't want to watch it again in case I don't like it now. <laughs> Sorry, that just left me cold. I was so vibed up for The Dark Knight. It was such a perfect film. And yeah, it was like watching Batman and Robin all over again. Oh, it wasn't that bad. Extreme. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I was, like, similarly worried about Heath Ledger and he turned out to be ace. So I can't dismiss Johnny Knoxville, but I, I honestly can't envision a Leo from him, which is odd. I'm going to wait for the second trailer, I think. Yeah, me too. I'm excited for the second trailer because hopefully it'll have more Donna fucking Tello in it. Donna Tello. The posters and stuff have been... Oh, they look so cool. The latest round that they've put out with the, the, just the turtle hands holding the weapons. So good. Oh, my God. Like, I, seriously, I am so excited for this film. It is almost bordering on stupid. <laughs> I saw, honestly, I saw the trailer and I was just like, oh, no, what, where? Oh, and then I watched it again and then I made Rich put it on our telly when we got home so that I could watch it on the big screen because I was like, yeah, telly. And uh, oh, the only thing I don't know if I can deal with is Raph in a loincloth. <laughs> don't know that I can get behind that because what are you covering? What are you covering? And also, how, why are you trying to cover it with a flappy piece of material? Like, that's not the way that you cover up bits. Yeah, maybe that's just why he's angry all the time. Maybe he's, <laughs> he's really angry because of his loincloth. Just take it off, man. None of us care. None of us care. I'll look at a turtle penis on our mind. Just take... Just oh, He looks stupid. Anyway, no, but that's, that's a rant for another day. I'm so excited. Like, I... Uh, the only... Well, no, I haven't got any worries about it because I am straight up excited. But I will say that I am a bit disappointed in the decision to make the Shredder a white guy. But the guy who is playing him, who, again, his name, I've forgotten at all, he's got chops, so I don't mind. He's got acting chops. So yeah, are you are you on board for the turtles? Um, I don't know if I'm on board for the turtles at the cinema, right. but I will certainly be watching it at some point. But yeah, I, I, I was gonna say if, if the second trailer wins me over, then yeah, I'll be there to see it. Yeah, but I'm I um. Back at the I can very easily envision in my not-too-distant future a big Turtles marathon day <laughs> <laughs> where it's just like, all of the films, please, and uh, and it'll be... Awesome, yeah. And, and at some point, I'm going to have to uh, introduce my daughter to the Turtles as well. Yes, you are. Hells, yeah. In fact, actually, I'll pimp this a bit because... Uh, 
oh no, this episode probably won't come out before then. Ah, fuck it then. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> ah I was just going to talk. What are you doing? <laughs> Uh, it's it's not me. It's a friend in America who's doing a, a live tweet along thing of the um, first live action film, oh, and uh, okay. he's hoping that loads of people will all join in and just play it at the same time and live tweet along. And I'm probably going to do it, but it's this Saturday, and that ain't happening. I'm editing this tomorrow. <laughs> That's not going to happen. So uh, ignore that. I'll just look at my old tweets to see how I tweeted. Uh, <laughs> I love that film so much. Literally watch it yearly. Not a joke. Oh. Not a joke. I mean, are there any any other trailers that uh, get you excited at the minute? Um, I can't think of any trailers I've watched for a while. I am not at all interested in Divergent at all. Transcendence intrigues me, but I wish it wasn't Johnny Depp. Yes, yeah, this that was pretty much my thought. I must admit. And uh, what else is coming up? I can't even think. Have you seen the trailers for Godzilla? <gasps> yes. Oh, that looks stunning. Straight up stunning. It's, um destruction yeah there with bells on quite frankly yep after pacific rim this is yeah oh, exactly pacific, my kind of movie pacific fucking rim i love that film i hate the fact that nearly everybody i know thought that film was mediocre I'm like, oh, Fuck I loved you. It. it was absolutely tits. loved it and, and the, what's even more amazing my wife loved it oh i tell you what i like pacific rim to me is like so rewatchable i could literally put it on on a loop and i'd be happy yeah. Like that film is just crazy pants, awesome. But um, I've, it's, I've... It's a... oh, I'm gonna have to do something really unprofessional and clamber off my bed and switch my plug on to charge my laptop because it's just come up with me that it's gonna die a dead. So um, no can I reach my switch without unplugging my headphones? Eek! Yeah, I can. Woo-hoo. Hey. Ooh, check me out. It's the life of a professional podcaster. Oh, did I say professional? <laughs> Get back into bed. <laughs> Talented amateur. Well, I wouldn't even go that far, to be honest. <laughs> anyway, I am aware of how long we've been talking already and we've addressed like two things, three things on my big old list of things. Uh, so, I'll, well, I'll kick it over to you, my friend. I mean, what I will do is just bring back, because, I mean, with Captain America and everything... Uh, I've been what you know. I've been watching Agents of Shield since it started, mm-hmm. and with the events in Captain America, with the Shield crashing to the ground and Hydra being revealed and everything, it's all crossed over into Agents of Shield. Ooh. And this last episode that they've had, they've been dealing with that whole fallout with Hydra revealing themselves, Shield falling apart, things being, uh, you know, uh, Triskelion, the Shield headquarters being destroyed, um, the team. You know, having traitors in its midst, it's been—it's really ramped up the tension in the series, which started out as a bit of a mediocre kind of crisis of the week show. Yeah, has really, really improved. Um, I've um, go on, sorry. Sorry, I've, I've heard a lot of people say that because me and Rich we checked out after the we got halfway through the second episode and we were like, nope, and yeah. uh, so we just gave up on it. But a lot of people have said it's got a lot better, and I think Rich wants to start watching it now because he found out Amy Acker's going to be in an episode, and he's a bit of an Amy Acker stalker. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's only about I think four episodes left of this season, mm-hmm. and they've confirmed that um, Maria Hill's coming back into it. Uh-huh. So so Colby, Colby Smulders is uh, is there. Samuel Jackson's coming back as Nick Fury in the final episode. We've got Amy Acker coming in as the uh, the cellist ex-girlfriend who was mentioned in Avengers. Mm. Uh, all the way through, you know, we've had crossovers with the finale of um, Thor, The Dark World. We've had um, 
Lady Sif come into it for an episode and deal with an Asgardian. I love her. Oh, she's a kick-ass in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I tell you, it's absolutely superb. Um, The series has just been getting better and better and better. And now they've laid down some really nice groundwork. It's been, it has been a bit slow, but now there's a momentum behind it that they're just building on. And it's getting really, really good. It's definitely worth getting back into and sticking with i am i'm probably gonna if rich watches it i'm probably gonna be around when he does so i'll probably i'll try and pay some sort of attention i just i I really struggled with the first episode because i found those two scientisty peeps were really fucking irritating for a start and they just spoke in the weirdest way but the, the biggest problem i had was with the the story of that episode was so rushed because it was like following that bloke who ended up blowing up or almost but i can't even remember what he did he did he almost blow up or did he actually blow up i think it was it was because it was there's a um a villainous organization which is combining all the different tech that you've seen through the movies so it's got um the extremist thing that we saw in uh iron man 3 mm-hmm. and the gamma technology from the hulk and jatari technology and all these other things they've tried to put it all together to, to make a, a technology that will create superhumans right so this guy, when he loses control of his emotions, in the same way as the Hulk, starts kicking off the extremist reaction. Uh-huh. So because he was getting all wound up and he was getting more and more angry because of the situation he was in and he was losing control of his, uh, of his life, lost his job, his son was being taken away from him, he was getting to the point where he was going to explode like one of the extremists. Ah. See, I didn't get any of that from the first episode. What I got was, guy seems normal, guy seems a little bit miffed, all of a sudden he's willing to blow shit up, and it seemed really rushed, and like none of it was... I didn't feel anything for that character because it didn't give you enough time to get to know him as the nice guy at the start to give a shit when he started like almost blowing things up. He then comes back later in the season. Ah. And when they, they drug him at the end... He then gets taken in and starts getting trained up as one of the first super-powered S.H.I.E.L.D. operatives. Oh, right, okay. But he ends up getting kidnapped by the bad guys who then use um, these other technology that comes in through the rest of the series. Cause I, I, I don't want to spoil the shit out of it for you, but I want to sort of sell it to you if I can. <laughs> but he ends up coming back at the end. I don't know if you're aware of the Marvel character Deathlock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He becomes Deathlock. Ah, towards the end of the series. I see. So they and they've they've kind of been experimenting on him and using him to also test all this cybernetic stuff that they're they're working around with. Ah, that makes sense then. Hmm. So yeah, it's it's worth sticking with. There are a lot of threads that you think, ah, oh, that was rubbish, but then it comes back after about ten episodes and, yeah. and, and ties into the whole tapestry that they've been working i mean the finale is just going to be uh, <laughs> pit nuts to be honest i've heard uh, vicious rumors about uh, a very strange unexplained blue person appearing in a recent episode yes are we thinking cree because if we're thinking cree then i hope we're thinking ms marvel shortly afterwards well yes um <laughs> but yeah uh, the, there is there has been an unconfirmed rumor which was started because one of the cast let something slip that we don't think they were supposed to during a, uh, a convention in the States, that it that the blue, the half a blue person that we saw was in fact a Cree and that they were potentially damaged or when they weren't killed because they, they appeared to still be on life support because they were using um, the blood or the fluid or something out of this body as a drug, um, as like a, 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 a medical treatment. And it looks like, or well, the rumour is that they, they were injured during an explosion which would have been the same kind of background as 
Carol yeah. Danvers originally had. Uh, oh, cripes. Now I'm going to have to watch it, aren't I? Shit. So <laughs> if... Yeah, there's all kinds of, kinds of threads that potentially could tie into it. Mm. That, uh, yeah, you might not like, but we'll, we'll watch it and see. But, yeah, one of the rumours is that there might be... One of the characters might actually be Carol Danvers, but n- not know that she's Carol Danvers. Oh, right, OK. No, I'm, I'm in now. I'm in. Great. All it needed was Ms. Marvel. <laughs> All it needed was Ms. Marvel, and then I'm in it. I'm in it. I love Ms. Marvel. That was, like, one of the first comics I started reading. Yeah? Oh, awesome. Yeah. Wicked stuff. I love that. Um, now with, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and we we're still waiting to see whether Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. gets picked up for a second season or not. But we've also now got the Netflix Marvel series that were announced, which also tie into the cinematic universe. Oh, do they? I thought they were separate. No, no, they're all part of the, oh. M- the MCU. So Daredevil. <gasps> Ooh, I'm excited about that then, because that might leave... Cage, Iron Fist, um, Jessica Jones, they're all, yeah, they're all part of the MCU. Oh, this is exciting. Have you heard the rumour of who they were thinking of getting for Daredevil? Is this the um, the, 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 the Dexter? Yeah. Guy. Yeah, I've forgotten his name, Michael something or other. I can't yeah, remember. I can't remember his name. Is it Michael Hall? I want to say Hall, but that doesn't sound right in my head. I think he might be somebody else, but I can't remember. I forget. But yes, I've heard that recently. Yeah, I'd, I'd actually, like, <laughs> me and Rich said we'd struggle with that a bit because he has definitely got the chops to do it, but we would expect him to kill everyone. Like, because yeah. that's, that's all I know him from, and it's like eight, nine seasons, however many it was. Like, a lot of series is, is, is of him murdering people. Like, that's I'm all sure I'm going to expect. Do more than just you know, blood splatter, dead-faced psycho guy. And I'd like to see him do more. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, th- I think um, I th- I'm really looking forward. I mean, I'm, I'm a, you know, like with Green Arrow, I'm a huge Daredevil fan. Daredevil pretty much got me into comics. I love Daredevil. I think da- Daredevil and Deadpool, most of the comics that begin with D are the best things uh, <laughs> that Marvel do. So, But, um, I mean, if they do it something like, you know, a superhero version of Law and Order... Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. The courtroom stuff, and then him going out as Daredevil, finding evidence or chasing down leads and then bringing them back into the courtroom. I think all that kind of stuff could just... That would be wicked. If they're going Luke Cage and Iron Fist as well, do you think they'd be going Heroes for Hire? Well, apparently... Oh, that'd be badass. What they're going to do is, I think each one's going to be 12 episodes, Mm. and then it's going to end with a one-off special where they all come together and form a team called the Defenders. <gasps> Ooh, okay, yeah, no, I'm in for that as well then. Hooray. <laughs> so, yeah, so which I think will be, um, you know, quite frankly, if they manage to squeeze Misty Knight in there as well, I'll be... That'd be, that'd be pretty wicked. That would be pretty wicked. But yeah, so the, the, the Netflix idea, as I say, it's, uh, no idea when it's going to be as yet, but, uh, yeah, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, uh, Jessica Jones, and then... A Defenders uh, miniseries or one-off movie or whatever. That'd be so wicked. Talking of uh, like little series and ting, how are you feeling about the? Um, I never remember if it's Constantine or Tyne. Is it Tyne? Uh, the the Hellblazer one. John Constantine, I think. I think it's I think it's Tyne, but I I'm loath to commit it's, myself. It's, it's a whole glass and glass thing, isn't it? Yeah. And um, he did say in one comic that it rhymes with something, and so like I feel like I should know. I should know what it is, but I don't remember that quote. Him, so it... it probably rhymes with "fuck you," you know, or, or something. Similar. No, he actually said something that actually rhymes with it. Uh, Fair enough. It doesn't tell you though in his uh, in his Wikipedia page how you pronounce it, which is annoying. 
Um, you seen the um, the on-set shots of him in, in costume? I haven't, I haven't seen the on-set ones. I've seen that one promo thing they released, and I was thinking all I could think in it was, you are fit, and where's your cigarette? <laughs> well, yeah, he needs to be smoking, admittedly, but, yeah, with the, the half-undone tie and the trench coat... He looks so poifict. Yeah. So fucking so. poifict. Poifict. Like, I can't even... I was looking at that picture and I just thought, no, I'm in for that as well, because I, I still have yet to see the Keanu Reeves film. Really? And I've been told by a lot of people that if I pretend that it's not the Constantine that I know, then... It's a fine enough film. But I am such a huge, huge, huge Hellblazer fan that there is like literally no way I can pretend it's something else. I will pick it apart and I will call it a bag of shit. Um yeah. so I'm scared to watch it. So I was again, this was another thing I was I was scared of until I thought, oh, you know, I can't wait to see pictures and stuff because then I'll have more of an idea. And I think that that one image, like I know they're trying to lean away from the smoking because it's not really great to have like a chain smoker as your main character in a something. But I think that needs to they need to have him smoke at least a little bit yeah. <laughs> or I, ca- I can't accept it <laughs> yeah i mean on, with regards to the keanu reeves one it's a bit like pulling off a plaster really i'll just go and watch it get it out of the way get it done <laughs> yeah um and then you can go and watch it again at a later time and maybe enjoy it or just go on youtube and just watch a compilation of uh, the bits with tilda swinton in See, I've got a slight irrational fear of Tilda Swinton. Oh, she's majestic in this movie. She really is. But she's got Uh, that face. She's terrifying. Oh, she is, but she's supposed to be. (laughs) And she's she's so, uh, you know, she's being all pleasant and nice and smiley while she's got her her foot on his throat and stuff. It's just, you know, she's wonderful in this movie. She plays uh, the angel Gabriel. Ah. Um, And, yeah, she's kick-ass. She's fantastic. Uh, But she's, quite frankly, the best thing about the movie. (laughs) <laughs> um, uh, Rachel uh, Weiss Vice, I can't remember. I'm not sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's in it as well, and she's shite. Do you know? I don't she... really rate her as an actress. I think she's probably one of the prettiest women I've ever seen in my life. But she's really dull. Yeah. Like everything she's in, she's really dull. I mean, the, the only thing I can sort of let her off in is the mummy because the mummy's so fucking ridiculous. Who cares if anyone's any good? <laughs> you I mean, know. I'll... I've generally considered her to be the worst thing of any movie that she, I've seen that she, she's uh, She usually is, yeah. So. Which is a shame because she is fit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Now, yeah. Looking forward to the new... I'm going, I'm going with Constantine. I'm looking forward to the new Constantine. Hopefully it's... But I'm, I'm waiting to see what they do with the accent as well. Do you know, I've heard... Because the guy who's playing him is Welsh, but I have heard that they're going Cockney, which... I'd have preferred Scouse, but I can accept Cockney. Yeah. I will not accept American. No. Will not no, accept. And, and I think, to be honest, I, I don't know, I think most of the writers who have written him over the years couldn't get their head around writing a, a phonetic Scouse anyway. No. So he, he pretty much came across as Cockney, regardless of what his origins. Yeah, I, I never read him. It's because I, I read Hellblazer all out of order. Because um, back in my very early days of uh, reading comics and stuff, I went on to the old um, Geek Syndicate comic forums and basically said, recommend me some stuff, guys, because I am shit at comics, yeah. And, uh, and somebody recommended me um, the Dangerous Habits trade. So I read that one first. 
and then I just basically read whatever I could put my hands on. So I did not know that he was scout for about four trades. <laughs> have, have, you now, have you now read the early stuff? I have, yeah. Well, most of it. There's one trade I cannot get a hold of, and it's like 50 quid on Amazon. I'm like, screw you, hippies. I ain't getting that. Is it? Oh, I forget what's called. I think it's Bloodlines or something. I forget. There's a couple that I'm missing, but that one's the one that's causing me a scene to get. But they're re-releasing them, I think, anyway. Because uh, I've got, like, two copies of the very first trade. I think I've got that one. Which one's that one? I can't remember what it's called now, but I've got the the compiled version, which is, was coloured. Yeah. Which is, which is hideous. Because <laughs> they've just ruined uh, John Ridgway's uh, artwork in it. Mm. But I've also got the the two separates, which is the original uncoloured artwork, which is beautiful. Ah. But, yeah, that's got some freaky fucking shit in it. And, yeah, I love that. Yep. <laughs> so yeah so looking forward to that anyway cool again noticing the time so i'm gonna roll on <laughs> taking a slightly bizarre turn now to do a, a review of a show that's actually called review i don't know if you've heard about this program but sell, sell this one to me it's pretty much my new favorite thing it's written by the a comedian called andy daly who is somebody who i've actually got to know over podcasts um i don't know if you've ever listened to um scott ackerman's comedy bang bang podcast but basically every week he has a guest on and then also another guest. But the second guest is usually playing a character of some sort. And um, Andy Daly's been on a few times, but as weird stuff, like there's one guy he comes on as who is a cowboy who refers to himself as the poet laureate of the West. And he's just really fucking funny. Um, it's like he's downright hilarious. He's got his own podcast now, I think, where I think I can't remember what it's called now, but it's basically um, he does episodes of a podcast as though they're the pilot episode and he does each one as a different character and a different person and the first one of that i think is his um cowboy character which is pretty funny but in this he's the program's called review and it's about this chap called um forrest mcneil which is a brilliant name to start with forrest mcneil just ruminate on that for a bit it's wicked so forrest mcneil is the host of a tv show called review and basically the point of this show is that people write in and ask him to review stuff now he doesn't review films or music or or food he reviews things in life um so some of the things he's reviewed have included things like being batman um (laughs) eating 15 pancakes having a best friend I mean, being a racist, he reviewed being a racist. And basically what he'll do is he'll go off. Like, he's got cameras following him around, but no, everybody thinks he's doing some sort of, like, documentary. Like, he doesn't tell his family that he's, I'm going to be Batman this week for the telly. Like, he just goes about his business and everybody thinks he's a bit of a nutter. So when he reviews being racist, he just becomes racist and starts, like, racially abusing his neighbour for a bit and seeing how that goes for him and then giving it a, a review out of five. <laughs> um, and it is so funny like the the brilliant thing about forrest mcneil is that that character is he's almost like the ultimate good guy in a sense that his principles around the show like he will he at one point he reviews getting a divorce and it causes him and his wife to become like estranged oh, <laughs> like it's word. just it's heartbreaking but so so funny like i've just been One episode, uh, the one that we watched recently, I I won't tell you what happened because that would genuinely spoil it, but he reviews going into space and something happens on his trip into space that literally Rich was was crying. And, like, we were just pissing ourselves on the settee. It is so, so good. And it's, like, it's not a show... 
like you wouldn't even think you would like I don't know where it even came from do you know what I mean like it's not like a soap or anything it's just a very bizarre <laughs> brilliant idea and he's he has to review some really funny stuff and it's just it's so funny like I'd recommend it to anybody who likes to laugh because okay. it, it will make you laugh and if it doesn't well blame Andy it's not my fault <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give that a try. I will. I, will. I think you should. I think. I think you will enjoy it because the the, th- the thing about Forrest is that he will not turn down uh, a review anyone either. Like his principles surrounding that show is he will literally do anything, and he doesn't want to divorce his wife at all. But he does because <laughs> he has to for the show. It's so ridiculous, but it's so funny. I think I'm a bit in love with Andy Daly. It's a few people like that for you, isn't there? I'm a bit in love with, like, basically everyone, yeah. Yeah. Got so much love to give, that's what it is. Mm, mm. Or I'm just a bit of a perv. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but well done. <laughs> um, so, yeah, th- there's that. And um, also that I wanted to talk about was um, Inside Number 9, which couldn't be more the opposite, really. That was a six-episode anthology show on the BBC which was written by, and they also starred in it, Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton, who are the chaps behind League of Gentlemen and Psychoville. Now, I've never been... I've never really watched League of Gentlemen, but I adored Psychoville. You need to go back and watch League of Gentlemen. I think I will. Rich tried to get me to watch a Christmas episode last year, but he put it on at, like, 11 o'clock and I was half asleep and I couldn't be... It's best to go back and start from episode one because yeah. it does build and there are running gags through the okay. Um, I will I will definitely check it out because everything else I've seen by these pair have been brilliant and this like no exception like the only thing I will say is that I think they started off with the two best episodes actually maybe the three best episodes and then so the the last three kind of felt like a bit yeah like they teetered off a bit if they'd have swapped it round it would have just got increasingly better <laughs> but it, basically the 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 idea behind it is every episode is like a completely different situation and a different set of people but it all takes place inside either a room or an apartment or a house that is number nine and so there's an episode for example there's an episode in the uh i, don't, I can't really say because the thing is right most of the episodes have got really big twisty turny bits that just like flop the whole episode on its head and just make you go oh what they are badass it's like a dark comedy anthology show the one episode I did not enjoy at all, but that was my own fault for not being, you know, literate. Because <laughs> there is an episode that is almost entirely based on Macbeth, which I've right. never read or seen. I know, I'm terrible, aren't I? I never had to study it at school. I don't like Shakespeare. Why would I bother afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah like there's a lot of stuff in that episode about like premonitions and stuff that i just thought when did this show become all supernatural and she's and then realized that apparently that's just part of the story of Macbeth, and i was just being a twat (laughs) but yeah that that i'm sure that episode will be really enjoyable to people who are aware of Macbeth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who are better at books than I am and plays. But yeah, it is it is really good. The, the first episode in particular, although the second one was really good. Oh, do you know what? They're all pretty good. There's one episode that I thought was brilliant that um, a lot of people didn't dig as much. And I wasn't sold on it immediately, but the more I thought about it, the more I liked it, was when a famous person goes to visit, like a, it's like a make-a-wish type thing to visit a child, and um, he blows up a balloon for her, and then he dies, and so they, all the, the adults in the room start contemplating whether or not it'd be ethical to sell that balloon full of his last breath on eBay. <laughs> And that takes a turn for the disturbing when the bloke wakes up and they don't know what to do now. Is it like doing... <laughs> Do we kill him? 
do should we just kill him well do we just well and it's um it's it's quite morally ambiguous but it's a it's a really good episode and i think yeah like most of them i think maybe the last one was only the only one i really didn't like but that's it was quite predictable it was like your, your sort of average possession type story but the others were they're really innovative particularly the first one really good and i think if you like horror and or thrillers and or comedy you pretty much pretty much a safe bet to uh yeah it's got quite a dark tone yeah, yeah, they're all a bit dark. I mean, there's a, a lot of the. Um, there's one episode about um, a homeless person who sort of weasels his way into a bloke's house, and then a whole lot of stuff happens as this bloke has a mental breakdown. Um, so it's quite. It's definitely dark. They're definitely adult viewing, not recommended for <laughs> for younguns. But I, yeah, I just thought they were really, really interesting. It's like it's not. Again, it's another idea that you just don't expect like it came kind of out of left field like I had, I had no idea what to expect from every episode and each episode was like good and surprising in a good way so um yeah definitely recommend that two thumbs up from bob awesome well i'll, I'll, I'll have a look at that then in that case i think you should i did enjoy the league of gentlemen um and psychoville was just yeah i love psychoville I can't look at a beanie baby without thinking commodities. <laughs> My sister bought me a Ninja Turtle beanie baby the other day and after she left, I was stroking its head going, look at my commodities. And Rich was like, ah, oh, stop being weird. <laughs> ah, funny. <laughs> I like a Bond uh, villain stroking a cat talking about commodities. Anyway, was there anything else you wanted to uh, talk about, my friend? Um, well, the only thing I was going to bring up, because obviously you were, a, you know, or you are a massive Deadpool fan, is the recent world record that uh, ah, yes, number twenty-seven or issue twenty-seven has set recently. I don't know how much you've seen of it. I've been trying to avoid the spoilers for the actual storyline because I'm about two issues behind in most comics at the moment, but. I am aware of the of the record, and I've got to say I'm quite excited to get to this issue. So I'm probably just going to pull my Deadpool's out and read those. <laughs> is it? I, I mean, from I'm looking at the story at the moment, and what they're saying is that the front cover has got 232 characters on it. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, very, very cool that, um, as the issue itself says, the most important issue 27 in the history of comics. I uh, I believe our Lady Gal Simone has a story in it. I think it's the first story she's done for Marvel for, like, an absolute age, so I am excited. She always loved writing Deadpool, didn't she? So. Do you know, her run on Deadpool is the only one I haven't read yet. Really? Yeah, because I've never been able to get hold of the floppies and they've only recently started releasing the classics trades, so they're not up to hers yet. <laughs> I am genuinely surprised. I really am. I am. I've tried really hard to get them, but they're they're either, like, ungettable or stupid expensive when I have seen them. I think I've got, like, the odd, the odd issue missing here and there, but, like, pretty much between about issue 40-something and the end, I haven't got. <laughs> oh, dear. It's terrible. I'm going to have to plug it up with trades. I know. I am excited about this, though, because uh, Deadpool. I mean, I'm going to have to admit, I, I know very little about Deadpool other than in a kind of uh, just very you know broad way. But who is he actually marrying? I don't know. Because the, the thing that I find out, I mean, I know I'm a couple of issues behind, but there's pretty much no one in his life at the moment. <laughs> right, OK. Uh, so I don't know how this is going to come about. Righto. I kind of hope it's death. He had a thing with death once. Yeah, I heard about that. But, you know. 
I'm, 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 no, oh, did they have Thanos playing the jealous boyfriend or something? They, or they, if they did, <laughs> they should have had, quite frankly. They should have. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember that. But like I say, my uh, my Deadpool past reading has got holes in it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, but I am excited. And um, I've been loving Deadpool, actually, since... Um, because it's sort of, I was a bit, I'm always a bit concerned about things, and I, I, I should really learn not to worry about stuff so much. Because um, when Daniel Way's run ended, like he, I thought he kicked it out of the park. I loved his run on Deadpool, and when that ended, and they were like sort of restarting at issue one again with um Brian Persane and Jerry Duggan, I was like, ooh, straight after Daniel Way, ooh, my friends big shoes to fill like <laughs> it's like when matt smith left as the doctor i was like oh, yeah peter capaldi though uh, uh. so i was nervous but it has been really good i mean it's a little bit less funny than deadpool normally is which i find really odd because it's written by a comedian <laughs> and brian persane is really fucking funny but um i love brian persane he's got an awesome face anyway <laughs> uh, yeah it's a bit it's different it's definitely different but it's still good it's still very good and there's been some there's been some actually really touching issues lately oh, really? uh yeah that made me a little bit sad inside <laughs> oh no i won't i won't ruin anything for anyone definitely looking forward to that and i can't wait to get my grubby little mitts on it grubby mitts so i've still got three things to talk about and we've been here for an hour and 20 wow, so go on. just you i'm know. gonna try and be relatively quick she says i've got four things to talk about for fuck's sake <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just chip in as we go through stuff it's, so you, it's you been a while through. since i've done an episode with, with reviews in so uh, well i can be really brief about broad city this is a comedy about two girls living in new york that you should all be watching there you go <laughs> <laughs> job done um it, it used to be a web series and then um they made it into a tv show it had 10 episodes in the first series and it is just like one of the funniest things on telly it's a bit risque so again it's not it's not family viewing but i've got a bit of a girl crush on elana glazer who is a beautiful and b like crazy funny and she has the best hair oh i want her hair so bad it's about her and her friend abby just sort of making their way in new york which sounds like it'd be shit but it really isn't it's it's so it's so different from all the other you know like it's not like friends like oh we you know we're living in new york and here's where we have coffee like it's just it's crazy and i love it and also hannibal barres is in it and a guy named hannibal how can you go wrong <laughs> i love hannibal barres what i thought what i thought was great about him was rich was telling me not long ago that he did an interview about when he first met somebody from i can't remember who it was it might have been mr teals somebody from the a team and they asked him what his name was and he didn't want to say because he was worried <laughs> that they'd think he was being weird <laughs> 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 which is pretty brilliant so yeah that's broad city go and watch that it's been um renewed for a second series so that's good in it do you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna table how i met your mother until okay. next time maybe because i think this is too big an issue for me to talk about right now yeah. uh in short it was shit um i will elaborate on that at a later date <laughs> I've, I've heard plays. i mean i don't follow you know how i met your mother but as I said to you earlier, um, I saw an interview with the cast and the interviewer asked them, so how was the finale? And it just kind of went around the table with everyone going, yeah, um, yeah, okay. Um, well. it's in sh- it, like, it, the short version of my feelings is 
massive spoilers guys ted ends up with robin and the reason this happens is because that right, no okay i can't keep this short i'm gonna have to do this next time but basically yeah, we'll just leave it there shall we basically i'm not happy with that result i am not happy with that result because robin doesn't deserve ted because she's a massive fucking bitch i'll uh i'll leave you with that one i'm sure that'll raise a lot of discussions with the nobody who comments on my podcast but anyway um <laughs> next one mulp i got sent a comic Ooh. i did because uh, people are kind that reminds me actually if you want to send me stuff um small press peeps i'm very happy to read things but i do have a bit of a rule which is if your comic is small press and i don't like it i won't review it <laughs> so if you never hear from me again simply because we'll get on to somebody else yeah, well, that's that's what I normally do because I just think I Marvel don't care if I rag on their comics because they're not. It's not going to affect their sales. But if you're trying to promote your small press book that you've put a lot of your like your heart and soul into and that probably won't like, it needs the word of mouth to like get around and be awesome. I'm not going to be the one to go. Well, this is crap. So yeah, feel free to send me things, but don't always expect a review. Anyway. Mulp. This is a comic. It is a pulp comic and it is about mice. Okay. Um, it's called Mulp, Scepter of the Sun. It's written by a chap called um, Matt Gibbs, who I believe is one of the guys who runs improper books, she says, with a big question mark on her forehead. Um, and the art is by... Now, I don't know if this is a Sarah or a Sarah, because I always assumed that without an H it was Sarah, but people have informed me recently that it can also be a Sarah with an H or a Sarah without an H. So I apologise, Sarah Sarah Dunkerton, for not knowing which kind you are sorry but yeah it's a pulp comic with anthropomorphic mice it is beautiful to look at the art in it that is pretty the art is stunning it is so detailed it looks like every page was slaved over for like months and it's just my god the attention to detail is just crazy town banana pants like it just looks lush i kind of fell in love with it pretty much immediately because the mice despite the fact that they're mice they all very clearly have personalities and facial expressions and things it's it's really well done in terms of the art the story was not bad um <laughs> that seems awful what i mean to say is that i said this earlier in the episode i don't have a lot of background with pulp and so a lot of it sailed over my head but I can see how somebody who would be who is into pulp and has a background with that would be fucking all over this like white on rice. It's it, it is good. It is very good, and I want to read the rest because it's going to be in five parts, I think. And I got the first part. I definitely want to read the rest, but I will say that there are a lot of things that that I probably like nuances that I've probably missed or not quite got, which sort of throws me out a bit. But that's my own fault for not having the background. <laughs> that is not the fault of the comic. That is the fault of me not having knowledge. <laughs> So, in short, I would say definitely check it out. The website is Mulp Comic. That's M-U-L-P. I assume the mulp is like mouse pulp. Ah, uh, could well be. I assume. Dana, uh, I'm just making assumptions. I apologise if I've caught that up. But it's mulpcomic.com that you can get a hold of it from. I don't know how much it is because my copy was free. Hooray! Um, <laughs> but I would definitely re- recommend that people check it out. I mean, if for nothing else, just to look at it, it's <laughs> it's so gorgeous. Like, somebody needs to give Sarah Sarah a massive hug. I mean, it is beautiful. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm just looking at some, some pics from it now. God, this is stunning. It's lovely, isn't it? It's properly, yeah. properly lovely. The scene I'm looking at at the moment is where they're doing a uh, archaeological expedition. Uh, yeah, yeah. In the desert, and you just got, you know, the mice digging up a human skull. 
Yeah, yeah. She's astounding. She's beautiful. It's uh, it's wonderful, and there's a there's definitely a lot there that um that I liked. Like I say, I mean the 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 issues I had with it were purely my own fault. I do like. I mean, I mentioned before. I despite the fact that they're actually garbage, I love the mummy movies. So you set something sort of in the desert with excavations and stuff. You, I'm immediately on board. (laughs) (laughs) But then it gets all twisty turny, and there's like bad guys trying to steal artifacts, and it's it's very very good. And I think if you're into the pulp side of things, then then it's definitely worth having a look at. Um, and you'll probably enjoy it more than I did. <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a really good book. And I'll be honest, I was nervous about it because I've been sent books before and I've bought books before from cons purely based on either the aesthetics or somebody's very winning smile when they've tried to sell it to me and I have been burned by so many shitty shitty self-published or small press comics that I always get a tad nervous when people send me things but this is pretty top-notch so definitely check it out and finally I'm gonna do a music review I haven't done one of those for like an age. Me and Rich were watching an episode of Adventure Time not long ago. <laughs> this is a weird way to start a story about an album. I do, are you an Adventure Time fan? I am. My my daughter oh, discovered it God. a while ago um, oh along with Gumball. And uh, yes, it, it has been on in our house quite a lot. I tell you what, Adventure Time is is a show that often astounds me with how completely grown up it is whilst being ridiculously childish at the same time. <laughs> like... Um, we watched an episode recently. This is me going on a bit of a tangent, but I have to talk about this episode now that I've remembered it because it's wonderful. I can't remember what it was called now, but it was all centered. It all centered around Lumpy Space Princess and a time travel device. And I won't, I won't spoil it. But basically, the end of that episode broke my heart. It like full on punched me in the heart, and I, I almost shed a little tear for Lumpy Space Princess. It's just, it was so touching, but all, but like brilliant for kids at the same time. But anyway, I digress. Love that show. The whole relationship in it between the Ice King and Mariella, the Vampire Queen, and you know the background and everything. Oh, it oh. just kills. The whole oh, with him and I watched the episode earlier where he goes to Marceline's house to play um to like write some music and he starts looking at these photographs that he took of her when they were like in the after in the you know the aftermath of the mushroom war. Oh my god! They start singing this song about how it's just him and her in the wreckage of the world. It's like oh my heart. <laughs> but seriously, that program, my days. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever seen the episode where Bemo freaks out because Finn and Jake have decided to not talk and see who can not talk for the longest, and Bemo thinks they've been replaced by like evil versions of themselves, and so he. Oh well, he jumped. Bless him. Bless him. He hides in the wall and he just plays his favorite song over and over, like until he can figure out what's going on. And his favorite song is a song called "No Wonder I" by Lake. I might actually atmospherically put this on while I'm because it's on my phone and my phone is right here. Just put it on while I'm talking because it's a wonderful song. And uh, me and Rich like almost instantly fell in love with the song itself. I don't know if you can hear that from where. Oh yes, yes I can. There we go. Um. It's a it's a really nice song. So Rich said, like, when the album comes out, let's check it out. So we did. And the album's called Circular Doorway. Um, and it is just beautiful. Like, 
It's the kind of music, when I was listening to it on the bus this morning, I've listened to it about 12 times today and that's not an exaggeration. Um, I was listening to it on the bus this morning and all I could think was, like, I can just picture myself, like, sitting under, like, a cherry blossom tree, just having a lie down in, like, a summer's day with a nice breeze, just relaxing. Like, it's so... It's such a laid-back and relaxing album. And it's such a change from everything I normally listen to because I normally listen to, like either crazy rock stuff or like I don't know the obscure indie stuff like Modest Mouse and things like I don't like things that most people would generally consider to be fairly depressing um so this is just a nice oh it's just so lovely um I could honestly listen to this album on a loop I think you're gonna put this on at the end then well not this song there's a song on the album called um Relief, I think. Let me check. I forget the names of songs because I'm terrible for not paying attention to my phone when I'm listening to stuff. Yes, it's called Relief. I think I'm going to put that at the end of the episode. Um, but to be honest, I could pick pretty much any song. The, the only song I'm a bit like about is the very first track on the album, which is the, the titular track, Circular Doorway, because it's so weird. <laughs> it's just so entirely weird. It just like comes out of nowhere and he's like, bleh, I'm so weird. Um, but the, if you can get past that one, the, the rest of the album is, is really good. And it's one of those things that I just can't believe we found because of a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but as it turns out, Lake are actually the band that do the uh, end theme to Adventure Time. Oh, right. Uh, You know that, come along with me. Um, So, yeah, like, I assume that's that's one of the reasons why they're Bemo's favourite. That's Bemo's favourite song, but, um, yeah, it's lovely. I'm trying to make my phone stop singing then. (laughs) Sure up, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Can I just throw one piece of uh, of breaking news Ooh, go in, which has just popped up on my dashboard? Oh yeah, hello. Which is um, Amazon have just announced that they're uh, buying Comicsology. Oh, ooh, what will this mean? So I'm just throwing that out there. I've got no idea what's going to happen, but uh, yeah, it looks like Amazon have uh, have bought the online Comicsology shop. So uh, Amazon will be do- get, dipping their toe into online comics. Oh, interesting. Very near future. I am. Um, I have quite vehemently avoided Comicsology for a really long time because I'm frightened it will have an adverse effect on my bank account. Oh yes. <laughs> and when I say frightened, I mean it's inevitable. Like <laughs> inevitable. The fact that you might now be able to use uh, Amazon gift cards. With oh shit. Might uh, might actually uh, sway me a little bit, to be honest. Oh dear. That's dangerous, though. Dangerous. Because <laughs> they have sales a lot down there on Comixology, and that's why I always just go, oh, phew, I'm glad I'm not on there. Because the thing is, you think a sale's really good value until you realise you've spent £100 that you wouldn't have spent at all otherwise. <laughs> You're like, oh, fuck, how did this happen? Well, that's clearly only going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> good luck, guys. Good luck. <laughs> I'm backing away from this shit right now. <laughs> I wish... Oh, I'd... Comics, man. I wish they weren't so expensive. <laughs> Yeah, this is. I mean, I have to admit, this is why I largely got out of uh, the floppy reading. To be fair, because mm. they just got ridiculously expensive. Yeah, me and Rich do a lot of sharing now. <laughs> it's like you buy that, and I'll buy this, and then we'll just read each other's. Um, uh, yeah, libraries and uh, and I, I do buy a few digital comics. I mean, a lot of the recent Indestructible Hulk ones I've been buying digitally, but yeah, it's uh, 
trades from the library and whatever I can yeah. scabble friends, quite frankly. The works are often quite good for little gems, but you have to like hunt around for them. That's quite exciting news, though. Not not for me, because I don't care. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a few people out there who, uh, who are using comics orders. You'll be intrigued by that. Yeah. Unless you've got anything else you want to talk about, then I think, no, I think we I'm, might be done. We're done, to be honest. Um, I mean, the only thing I was going to potentially bring up was the sequel for The Goonies that they've announced, but uh, we'll just yes. gloss over that. Yes! No, let's not gloss over that, because yes! I am so excited! Um, the other day, I have uh, I just purchased Goonies on DVD because I was shocked, absolutely shocked, to realise that I don't fucking own it already. But in two weeks' time, lovely Jenny is coming up to my house because Richie's going to Manchester for the weekend with a friend of his. So Jenny's coming up and we're having uh, films that Rich won't let me watch when he's at home movie marathon. So it's going to be uh, Grease and Grease 2, uh, Labyrinth and The Goonies by the looks of it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Perfect. <laughs> I can't wait. But yeah, the I know this was brought to my attention on Twitter by Sean Aston, and I was just like, bah! And I thought, <laughs> don't tweet at him. Restrain yourself, like, because I clicked on his tweet and it had like a billion replies, and I thought, yeah, he doesn't need one more person going woohoo in his face. But um, woohoo! I can't believe it's been twenty-five years since the original. It's crazy, isn't it? It's just- I mean, have you seen the um, the anniversary photo shoot? Yes. Because I mean, I'm you know, I'm I'm a bit of a you know fat chuffer, quite frankly, <laughs> and so I always identified with Chunk in this movie. <laughs> and look, but now looking at the uh, the anniversary sort of photos and seeing all the guys, God, the guy who used to play him. He's looking good, isn't he? <laughs> he is a bit, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's he's obviously worked hard to lose uh, all the puppy fat that he had. Good God's Almighty. <laughs> But yes, I mean, uh, I think age has been better to some of them and kinder to some of them than others. So. Oh, does that mean we won't get a truffle shuffle in Goonies too? Not unless he's in a fat suit. I very much <laughs> doubt it somehow. <laughs> I don't think I want to see a fat suit truffle shuffle. <laughs> to be fair, oh, I wore a fat suit at work not long ago. It is horrendous. <laughs> Terrible. I tell you what, I was going to mention as well, and I completely forgot about it. Did you watch WrestleMania? I didn't. Um, oh. I wish I had, to be honest. Now I wish you had. It was bloody good. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I used to be a massive fan of, uh, of WWF um, mm. before it became WWE. Obviously, you know, I used to record WWF and WCW and stuff when I was growing up. And uh, yeah, I didn't see WrestleMania, but unfortunately, I heard the the sad news recently of Ultimate oh, uh, Warrior. I know. I couldn't believe that. And he um he was on Raw the night before as well. He gave this speech like Rich because I I only re- fairly recently got into wrestling like pretty much when I met Rich so I don't know much of the he's he has shown me some of the older fights and I have enjoyed them but I'm not like as tied to the the wrestlers as I am to like the current ones but um apparently the the speech that he gave on Monday Night Raw was all about you know hearts beating their last beat yeah, and taking their last legacy. breath yeah and I just thought that's a bit eerie but Rich yeah. said he used to talk like that a lot anyway. He did, um, yeah. He, he was always, uh, to be honest with you, whenever he got the mic, we all thought he was a bit nuts. <laughs> um, uh, quite frankly, uh, but no, it's such a sad thing. But yeah, it's um, it, 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 it's nice that so many people still remember the yeah. old wrestlers, and uh, yeah, quite, quite a poignant moment with that speech that he gave. Yeah, I can't believe he didn't watch WrestleMania because I wanted to talk to you about the Undertaker fight. Oh, because he broke his streak, didn't it? Yeah, it did. <sighs> did. I mean, how old is Undertaker now? About three? Like, like a billion. I don't know. Jesus. He looked... 
to be fair, I felt really bad for him because, like, towards the middle of the fight, <laughs> it's quite funny because Rich was... Rich and Key were not sure whether they wanted his streak to continue or not. They were both like, oh, I don't know what I want from this match. Oh, this is confusing. Whereas because I'm not that tied to The Undertaker, I was like, fuck it, break the streak. I want to see something cool. <laughs> like, get all overexcited. And I, halfway through the match, I said to Rich, he deserves to lose this match because he's pretty shit. But what I didn't realise was he got concussion after the first, like, fucking two moves or something. And so that kind of explained why he was a bit slow and rubbish. <laughs> so then I felt a bit bad for prematurely pitching <laughs> But I think if anybody was going to beat The Undertaker, it should have been somebody with the gravitas of Brock Lesnar, really, because he's a big fucking giant badass. Like, I can't think of anybody else I would have been happy for The Taker to lose to. So, but it was was so badass. If if you're going to go back and watch some of the old matches, you know, go back and watch some of the the Mick Foley stuff. I do like Mick Foley. Because when he was doing his whole Mankind Cactus Jack kind of shtick with you know he had he had he had more multiple personalities than anybody else there <laughs> and would just switch between them you know you never knew who you were getting when Mick Foley was down as, as fighting yeah oh it was just so so fun with the the sock and everything else <laughs> superb stuff I kind of love um Roddy Roddy Piper as well oh yes I do I have seen a couple of his his matches yeah and then I I really want to watch some um, Andre the Giant but I don't know how you can like who fights that guy like how does that work but I mean there was the uh, the other guy there was um, there was a sumo guy as well it was around a similar sort of time I can't think what his name is Rikishi or something well no no I can't remember but yeah I I, I used to love the old wrestlers and uh, next time they do something I might might have to invite myself around (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well i think wrestlemania went down so well this year it'll probably happen again next year because um, this is the first time we've watched it live and it was pretty badass i mean the only problem was like sort of towards uh, the divas match fuck the divas man oh, for- the, the, <sighs> since they brought the divas in is I, I don't like the divas wrestling and their fights i mean that's... well the, the fights are boring and their storylines are always like are you trying to get off with my man no i'm trying, trying to get off with your man like fucking ugh, it's sickening and it's misogynist and i hate it um and i just think either get some talented birds in or just fuck them off out of the wrestling <laughs> i mean like, if, if you go back to, to when china Used to, I mean, she she was a proper fucking wrestler. Well, Trish Stratus as well. I mean, yeah. she was amazing. But there are some, some, you know, some good athletes out there doing the wrestling. But like I say, yeah, get a bit of writers with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the problem. Because I mean, I don't know if you up on what was going on in the WWE fairly recently, but like sort of last year, there was a big storyline with AJ Lee where she literally went insane, like like clinically bonkers because of men she sort of threw herself at one guy and then threw herself at the next guy and then distracted another guy by tonguing that bloke and oh god it was just sickening it's fucking sick i ha- literally hated every second of it so i like when you when it's like nearly three in the morning and you're flagging a little bit and the divas match comes on it's like oh no i'm in danger of nodding off here i go oh no it's it's cool we've got daniel bryan back on now yay i love daniel bryan oh he's so good little goat-faced oh, so sweet anyway i'm rambling should probably stop talking would you like to plug yourself on any social media or do you um... not want people to attack you on the internet no, no, people are quite happy, you know, if, if people want to contact me online, I'm on, uh, on Twitter as uh, Crimson underscore Archer. 
on uh, on the Twitter account. But uh, yeah, I don't really talk about much stuff that's vaguely interesting, to be honest. But it's quite helpful. you know, welcome to come on and abuse me if you really, really want to. <laughs> that's funny. I love how uh, my Twitter feed is mostly tweets about food and tweets about the shittiness of public transport. <laughs> yeah. And occasionally, isn't this guy pretty? Which is really, really sexist of me and stereotypical. But I don't care because some men are pretty. <laughs> Anyway, yes, if you do want to follow me on the Twitters, my name is Stace Bob T. Uh, I'm also Stace Bob T on Instagram, so you can see pictures of my food uh, and of shitty public transport. <laughs> um, you can also email me at stacysparlour at gmail.com. And yeah, keep an eye out on the interwebs for the live episode. I'm having a bit of a, a Skype conference next week with Scott Grandison, who was on the um, the show a couple of weeks back because he's like a technical wizard and he's going to talk me through how to actually do a broadcast because <laughs> I haven't got a fucking clue. So uh, that'll be good. Yeah. Then uh, hopefully I'll have more knowledge of how it'll actually work and they'll be, you know, it'll be easier to set up. But I'm quite excited. I think my mum's going to come over and be on that show, guys. If you want to hear my mum make me dinner while I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll get to talk about The Walking Dead it'll be fine I spoiled that for her the other day I felt really bad oh, no you didn't yeah I said which bit of The Walking Dead are you up to she went oh they've just attacked the prison I didn't realise she meant the first time whoops whoops so there was me talking about this virus and all that bollocks and she was like I don't know what you're on about who's dead what I was like oh shit <laughs> so you pay for that yeah everything I just said about Carol being stranded just ignore me just just straight up ignore me I'm talking nonsense Anyway, speaking of talking nonsense, <laughs> thank you very much for coming on the show, Mr. Richardson. Hi, it's been a pleasure. I feel like I haven't spoken to you for yonks, what so it... it's nice. Yeah, I mean, it was what? Uh, thought Bubble when we last chatted, wasn't it? So Yeah, uh, possibly. It has been. We ought to, like, organise a sort of Midlands geek meet-up Definitely, I mean, or something. You know, I mean, there's a few of us now who are sort of hanging around the West Mid, so uh, yeah, we, we should definitely try and do that. Thank you again for coming on, and I will speak to y'all next month. Ta-ra! Yeah, bye! i